1: <Selena> o oh, Morena, O oh. oh, Morena, O 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 Jesus, so. When I am Oh, Oh, Amen.
0: Uh, we greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Amen. Uh, Once more, it's a privilege and a wonderful opportunity to come and speak to you. Uh, We know, as the brothers already alluded to us, that the pastor is not here. Uh, So I've been called this morning to come and stand in the gap, amen. Amen. And we hope, uh, as I'm here, and in fact, it's not even a hope, it's like that. As I'm here, I think the pastor is now in Devon, also climbing the pulpit. And we believe that the same God that's going to speak, that is, He's going, that's going to use Him to speak to them, is the same God that's, that's going to use, going to use me also to speak to you. Uh, We're looking forward to the Lord speaking to us. We're looking forward to His mercy and grace, because every time we come here, He's never disappointed us. Amen. He's always uh, provided whatever we needed. Because the Word of God says, "You can never ask for bread, and then He gave you a stone." Whatever you ask for, that's what he's going to provide. Because he's the Lord who knows what is, whatever it is that you need. He's the one that knows whatever it is that you lack. Like. Your heart desire, it is the, his foremost object, ob- objective. That means your heart desire everything that you need and desire. It is priority to him. Because you are what? You are not only a, a child of God, but you are a son and a daughter of God. Amen. And this morning, we believe that you've been praying this week for the service, praying for the pastor. I know you didn't know that I was going to come here, but you've been praying for me as well. Amen. Amen. And because of that prayer, I think it's the kind of thing that's going to sustain us this morning and speak to us this morning. Uh, Without uh, saying too much, (laughs) because I'm already starting to preach, (laughs) and I can see that our singers are here, we can release them, and then we can go on and open uh, the Word of God this morning. We'll start by opening uh, the Word of God from um, the book of Ephesians, um, uh, chapter 1, and then now we will read uh, verse 13 and 14, amen. 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 And then if found. Uh, I see. Uh, I see. Others are still going through the Bible. And then if found it reads this way: In whom ye also trusted, after that ye he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after ye believe. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Which is the earnest of our inheritance? Now I want us to know that word, the earnest of our inheritance, because that will be our topic this morning, the earnest of our inheritance. So he says, the Holy Spirit of promise is the earnest of our inheritance. until, Which is the earnest of our inheritance until... The redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. You know that you are the, His purchased uh, possession, but, the, the, uh, but that purchased possession, uh, the, the earnest of, of our inheritance, which is the Holy Ghost, will be the one that's going to ensure and then make sure, because an earnest, an, 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 uh, earnest what it is, is a down payment it's a guarantee, it's a deposit. So that means when you have the the spirit of the earnest of your inheritance, it is the one that's going to ensure that you as a purchase possession of God, you are sealed for a destination. That means the journey of life that you are taking now, you are sealed for that journey until you reach your day of redemption. That means when God does that, there's no way where you're going to be lost or there's going to be a mistake along the way, where you're going to stumble along the way, because the Holy Spirit will be the one doing what? Guiding you, Amen. leading you. It will be your advocate. It will be your seal for the journey. Amen. Because you are, I think we all believe that we all know that we are on a journey as we speak. That's why Abraham says we are pilgrims and we are strangers here. We are looking for a city to come. That is the journey that we are taking for the new Jerusalem, for the new city to come. Amen. So can we read our second scripture? And it will be also Ephesians 4, verse 30. I think we've already mentioned it as I was speaking now. It says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption, you see, It's the same thing I was just telling you now. Then we'll read another one, which will be Second Corinthians, and we'll reach uh, verse five. We'll reach uh, chapter five from verse one to five. Amen. And if um it read this way: For we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that means if we were destroyed, mostly destroyed by death, because the earthly tabernacle is your body. The only thing that could destroy it, yes, a disease can destroy it partly, but the one thing that can completely destroy it is what? Death. So he says, even if death destroyed that earthly tabernacle that you have, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands. Eternal. You see now? Eternal way? In the heavens. Amen. Amen. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven. That means we are earnestly groaning, desiring to be clothed with a celestial body. That is the body which is from heaven. Amen. Amen. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Because you, as we speak, in your body, you're naked. But in that, the naked means that there are many things that can come to your body, destroy it. There are many things that can come to your body, put infirmities in it. But when we are in that body, (laughs) <laughs> you will not be found naked because it is a one, It is the body of that God has set for you, which is a body eternal. Amen. Now, Satan has no part in that body. He has a part on the body that you have now. But on that one, he has no part because that one is a part and parcel of God. Remember, the body you have is the body of flesh. It's like an animal body. It is not the one that says, when God was speaking in the Garden of, of Egypt, he says, let make man in our own image. Because the image of God is not the body. This. The image of God is what? A spirit. Amen. Now the spirit was a part and parcel of God. It was an attribute of God, something that came out of God. Amen. Now that was what? The celestial body. The theophany. Amen. Now he says here, for we have... For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened; not that not for that we will be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might, be, so that upon, so that that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Yeah. Swallowed up of what life? Eternal life. Amen. Now he had, he that had wrought us; that means the one that has made us and prepared us. For this self-same thing is God, who has also given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Which Spirit is that? The Spirit of God, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, may we close our eyes and ask for the, the God for the blessing of His Word. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning we come before your children, and then we ask for you, Father, to come this morning, Father, and bless them with your word. We come, Father, giving ourselves up to you, Father, as an object to be used by you, Father, as a vessel, Father, that you're going to use this morning to speak to them, Father. They've been yearning this whole weekend, Father, to come and hear you, Father. They never knew that I was the one coming here. That is why, Father, may you please close my mouth so that whatever they're going to hear might be what they, whatever it is that they expected, which is a word from you, Father. That is why, Father, we've opened a few scriptures, Father. We just ask you for the inspiration, Father. We ask you for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Father, to come and put power in this word. So that, Father, whenever we come, Father, and speak to our children, Father, they'll be like the man that went into our mosque, saying, wasn't it wonderful when he came and spoke to us, Father? We come this morning, Father, believing, Father, that you will come and guide us. You will be the one that's going to speak this morning. Circumcise my lips circumcise their ears, Father. Wherever, Father, I may tread out of way, Father, or speak something that is not right, Father, may you please stop my lips, Father, so that whatever is going to be spoken out, Father, might be life unto them, Father. Because you are life. You are the eternal life, Father. And that is what they come here for, Father, to come and hear you, come and hear you, their Lord yes. and God. That is why, Father, we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. 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 We, we can have our seat, amen. And then may God uh, bless uh, the reading of His Word, Amen. Uh, so th- this morning, um, I have a few. We're just going to discuss, as I said, the earnest of our inheritance. Now we've read a few scriptures, uh, but the one that was the main one was Ephesians, where God, uh, the, 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 Paul, came and tell us that the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. Amen. And then, now, the first thing that we need to know is to understand what is the word earnest. What is an inheritance? I think all of us know what an inheritance is. But we, we need to know what, an, what, what is an earnest. Because an earnest, as we've already said, it means a pledge. It means a down payment. It means a deposit. It means a guarantee. It means also a foretaste. Amen? That means <laughs> if you are a child of God, even while you are here, you have what you call a foretaste of heaven. Yes. You might be here, but while you are yearning, something that you are yearning for is heaven. Yes. But there comes a time. That is why there's a song that says, th- I can feel my theophany bumping against eternity. Why? Because that's what you yearn to have. Amen? And then it's also a first installment, a deposit. That means if you want the car. You need to they can ask you, no, you are not going to pay the full payment for this car. You can actually pay a deposit and drive the car. Mm. (laughs) When you drive that car, until you have completely paid the whole instalment, that car is not yours. You understand? It still belongs to, to the bank. But you have the right. You've been given the privilege to want to come and use that car. That is what a deposit is. Amen. And then also what it means is that the word earnest, if you look at the Greek, this word from the Greek word, it means an an engagement ring. (laughs) I think you'll understand, those who are married, that when you marry, you will engage your wife. She's not your wife yet. She is potentially yours. You understand? That is why even here we say you are not in heaven yet, but you are potentially in heaven. Amen. So I want us to read some few quotations so that we will have a background to, to our message. Amen. Uh, just bear with me a bit. Amen. The, the first quotation, if our brother can help us, will be from Revelation chapter 5, uh, chapter, uh, the first one, which was preached in 1961, uh, June 11. Amen. Just bear with me for a while. Amen. All right. Yeah, here we go. Now we'll read from uh, paragraph 101. Amen. And it reads this way He says, Now we notice as we go on, we know that. We are predestinated with the lamp. The Holy Spirit is a what? Is a seal. The NS means more is yet to come. You understand? Amen. So the, the, the Holy Spirit is what seals you. Amen. For the journey as we've spoken. And it means that whatever you've been given, the little you've been given, there is more to it. You might be given a ration for the journey, but there is more that is still coming. Amen. That is, we, we, we only have the earnest of it now. That means we only have a part of that thing now. The earnest is just a down payment. Oh, how beautiful. Just the down payment that holds it and secures it and anchors it so that no one else can touch it. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what the Holy Spirit does. It's what holds you, anchors you, So that nobody else, the devil, the moment you are sealed. Remember, my my brother, you are not sealed for only today. (laughs) You are not sealed for 24 hours. You are not sealed maybe until you reach the age of 70. You are not really sealed until you are 120 years. Remember, when the flood came at the time of Noah, God says man was so evil that he was going to restrict his years to 120 years. You are not only sealed until then. But... You are sealed until the day of your redemption. Amen. Amen. So the earnest is just a down payment that holds you and secures it. And anchors it so that no one else can touch it. It is the earnest of our adoption. Amen. The Holy Spirit is now the earnest of God in our heart. Sealed. The adoption of son waiting for us at the end of the road. And the sons and daughters of God. So I want us to, read, to go back to, to just jump a few there and go to paragraph 104. Now he says, but now, I mean now, they did all those years, they did all those years until now. Now we have the earnest of our inheritance. Amen. That means we have a down payment, we have a pledge, we have a guarantee for what? Our inheritance. Now, we're going to find out what those inheritances are. I think some of you have already have an idea what some of those inheritances are. The promise of rapture, the promise of heaven, divine healing. Those are part and parcel of an inheritance of a child of God. The moment you are a child of God, you have a right to claim those things because they are yours. Amen? Hallelujah. That is why divine healing is a what? It's an earnest of a redemption of our body. (laughs) We will explain that statement as we go on. Amen. Uh, So that I I do not go before myself. Amen. Now, oh my, what do we have? We have the evidence that God lives. We have the evidence that God is with us. We have the evidence that God has not forsaken us. We now tabernacle the Holy Spirit of God that Christ. Oh, sorry, I think I've left something. We have the evidence that God is not. We have the evidence that He we are his and He is ours. Because we in our bodies we now tabernacle the Holy Spirit of God, that Christ Abba, Father. And there is nothing can ever take that away. We are what? Anchored in Christ. That is why we say is you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. You understand? When you are sealed, the devil cannot touch you. Now you might say, yes brother, he can't touch me, but why am I sick? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. because now for your body, you haven't experienced that full redemption yet. That is why your body can be touched. But what did, what did he say? When, when uh, Remember, or maybe I can give you an example each of. Remember when the devil came and tried Job. There was a part of Job that he couldn't touch. That was Job's spirit. That was the soul of God. Because that was what? A part and parcel of God. Now, once God has claimed that, the Satan could have any other thing. He could go there, touch the children of Job. He could go there, touch his livestock. He could go there, even touch the body of Job. But... Save what? His spirit. Save his soul. Amen? Now we are... Now we say... He says there is nothing ever can take, take... Can ever take that away. We are anchored in Christ. Now the tree does not have it. Nature does not have it. They don't have a soul. They don't have this promise. But yet we are still groaning with them because... As yet, remember Romans, that scripture in Romans, that the, the, the creature groans for the manifestation of the Son of God. Those creatures is what is the trees, the animals, amen? So he says, the trees do, does not have it. Nature does not have it. But yet, we are still groaning with them because yet we haven't received the fullness, amen, of our adoption. We haven't yet received the fullness of our redemption as well. But we have the earnest. That means we have a down payment. We have a part of it. Amen. That we, that we were picked from the things of the world, yes. But we have the earnest of it that we were picked up from the thing of the world and now have become sons and daughters of God. Do you see now what it means to be a son and a daughter of God? It means it's a a big thing. It might not be a big thing to some of you, but to God, it's a big thing. The moment he calls you son, he calls you his daughter, that means he's claiming responsibility for you. Yes. That means whatever happens to you, he knows that he is responsible. Hallelujah. And when we think of that, think of it. Now we have the earnest... uh, Now we have the earnest, we have the earnest, our spirit groaning for the full adoption. But now we have the earnest of it. As we receive the Holy Spirit, it is the earnest of our complete adoption. It is the earnest of our complete salvation. Oh, how beautiful. I just love that. But we are waiting for the fullness of adoption. This will take place when? At the first resurrection, do you know when is that? What is that first resurrection? That is when the second coming of Christ comes, when the rapture takes place, when we, those that have been dead, are going to be raised first, and we who are alive will not hinder them. That is the what the first resurrection. That is where we. That is the day when we will be fully redeemed. Amen. That is when our bodies will be changed. You see. There you are going to experience, there will be a shout, there will be a trumpet, there will be a voice of the archangel. And, and then there, when that happens, there will be what? A body change. And we will be changed from these vile creatures that we are, and we'll have a body like his own glorious body. Remember, the people who are dead now, they are there in the sixth, uh, in the, in the sixth dimension. Now, what they are having is a celestial body. But when God comes on his second coming, he's going to come with them. And they're going to come and pick up their mortal bodies here. And they are going to have what we call a glorified body. Even us, our bodies are going to be changed then. And we'll have the same glorified bodies with them. So that we're going to have to spend what? A millennium reign with him. And when you do that, you are guaranteed to avoid the white throne judgment. That is one of the inheritances that you, people, who are going to be experience that first resurrection that the, 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 the prophet is speaking about, you are not going to be part and parcel of what? Of that white throne judgment. So he says, what does the word say? He says, the judge, the just shall judge the world. You will be part and parcel of those people judging the world then. Amen? So he says, for we shall see him as he is, and we will be like him. Isn't that what we want this morning? <laughs> Just to be like him, to be able one day to see him as he is. Oh, brother, we are going to come there and speak to brother Brenham when he was there in the indicator of time. When the one thing that he wanted to see, when he had seen everything, he says, can I see the Lord Jesus? They said, no, it is not yet time. Because when the Lord Jesus has to, uh, is coming during this rapture, he's going to come first come to you and then to your people. Then you will be able to see him. Because he was what? The people were in the sixth dimension. God was in what? The seventh dimension. Amen. When he appears, we will appear in his likeness. We will have a body like his, a glorious glorify body and all the trials and tro- all the trials and the struggles of life will fade off into a little mist and blow away to be never normal amen so I just want to and then we'll read again on the same um, if you can just bring for me up paragraph 111 as well I seem not to have it here with me But you see now, we have by the Holy Spirit, the earnest of our inheritance, because we've been lifted up from where? From the things of the world. Amen. And we ride along, we ride along with the world, but we are what? Above the world. Because now we have, we have something <laughs> that they do not have. Yes, you live with them. We eat with them. But we are not partakers of their own th- their things. Because why? There is a pledge in us. There is a spirit in us. that The spirit of God that is controlling us. That is making us what? To be lifted up from the sins of the world. Amen. Amen. Now, what is this inheritance? Now, this inheritance is a promise of life after death. It is a promise of eternal life, as we can speak. We can say it is a promise of complete. We've been speaking about the complete redemption of the body just now. It is a promise of a complete redemption of the body. It is a promise of what? Divine healing. It is a promise of what? Joy, happiness, peace, love. Perfect love. Remember what he said? He says, without perfect love, you can never enter there. <laughs> yes. Now this one gives you that. As in, because you need it to be able to enter there. Because perfect love is what? It is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You need the Holy Spirit's so promise for you to be able to go in that, in, into heaven. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then what a part and parcel of those inheritance. One of them is what? Perfect faith. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> we are supposed to have perfect faith. That means complete, perfect, unadul- unadulterated faith. In God. That means whereby there is no share of doubt in you. In your heart that God is in you. That means actually everything that you might ask or that you're going to ask there, you know that God, as he promised in the scriptures, he's going to give you. Because he says, whatever you ask, if you believe, (laughs) hallelujah, you see there is faith there. If you believe, I will give it unto you. Now that scripture does not become only a saying. It becomes what? A reality to a believer. Because the believer, that believer has what? Perfect faith in them. Amen. And then it is a what? It is a promise of salvation. Promise of the new city, Jerusalem. It is a promise of millennium reign. That means after we are raptured, we'll have to go there. There'll be a thousand years whereby we'll be reigning with him. And then the devil at that time will be locked up for those thousand years so that he can't do anything. We will be reigning with him. Amen. That is a promise. It is there in the Bible. It is part and parcel of what? Of our inheritance. And it is also what? A promise of heaven. Hallelujah. Now, all these things, we might not have them now, but they have to be redeemed back. Remember now, if we go back, Adam had those things. Adam was supposed to inherit the earth. He was supposed to be a god there on earth. He was supposed to have eternal life. Because he was was given one order. He must eat from that tree of life. Because that tree of life was what? It was Christ. Christ was the one with the eternal life. And now you see now, as long as Adam ate from that tree, he had eternal life. But there was another tree. The tree that was found in the middle of the garden. That one he was not, he was not supposed to partake from death. Because what he did was what? It signaled death. Now, what was it? it Adam fell. When he fell, the authority that he had, the godship that was in him, you know he was an amateur god. <laughs> he could control things. He could change the direction of the winds. He could change the di- whatever mm. he wanted to do in the garden of Aden, he had the authority, the power to do. Amen. Yes, he could even name the animals. Mm. And uh, the Bible the, the prophet tells us whatever the name Adam gave to the to that animal is the name that God had already given to that animal. Because why? Adam at that time he was part and parcel of God. Hallelujah. He was part. Because he was what? He was his attribute. Amen. Now, since the fall, Adam has lost it. That is now now what we have. He lost that title deed. That is why we need to have that title deed back. But now we have the earnest now. The moment you come and accept Christ, that is why Christ was, what, was the second Adam who came and took that title, all those, that title from the devil. Because the moment Adam lost it, the devil wanted to have it. He had part of it. Like we know that he's the God of this world. He's the one that rules this earth. That is why even when Jesus Christ was trying Jesus Christ, he says, I will give you this kingdom. Kingdom of this earth. Because why? He is the ruler. He is the king of this earth as we speak now. Not necessarily the earth, but the, the world that we are living in. Amen. That is what he took. But the one that pertains to you, God took. The book of redemption. The devil will not allow the devil to have it. Amen. Amen. Now, with the Holy Spirit of promise, we have an earnest of those inheritances. Now, I want us to read uh, from another quotation fellowship. Amen and hear what the prophet says about it. Amen. And from fellowship, we will read paragraph 14. Now he says, remember, Adam lost those title deeds. But now, Jesus came to do what? To restore whatever the cankerworm had eaten. Whatever the Palmer woman had eaten, God, in, through the Lord Jesus Christ, came to restore it back. Whatever was eaten from that tree, the bright tree, God came to restore it. Now Jesus came to restore the human race. Everything that he lost in Eden, we are now on the road. We have the earnest of, our deli- of that deliverance. That means whatever has been lost in it, it has been delivered back to us. Now we have the Holy Spirit, which is a life of God in a portion. That is why we say it is a down payment. It is a guarantee. It is a deposit. It is the first installment because it's what? it is just a portion of it. Which is a la- the life of God in a portion. P- portion or a small part. When we are in his presence and at the end of life, we will have the full spirit now we just have what a part of it amen because each and every one of us have that part of it amen now this is called the earnest of our salvation amen the prophet is just explaining now we also believe that we have an immortal body someday how many believe that We've just spoken about it, that someday we will have what? An immortal body as well. Amen? When Jesus comes, this vile body, as we said, will be changed. And we'll have a body like his own Lord's body. How many believe that? I'm happy to see you believe that. I look to that day myself. I think we are all looking forward to that day ourselves. Yes, we are here living. But the main goal is that day. That is what we are living for. That is what we are breathing for. That is what we know is promised to us. Amen? Yeah. Notice, if we have that, and that was included in redemption, we've got to have divine healing for the earnest of our complete deliverance. Yes, divine healing is a promise. It's one of those inheritance. And if there is no divine healing, there is no resurrection of the dead. Okay, let me explain that. When the dead shall rise, they will have a new body. One that is without infirmity, One that will be perfect. Now, divine healing is the earnest of death. Because when you are sick, you have a cancer. God can come heal you of that cancer. Whatever has eaten there, God is able to restore that part that is eaten. To eat perfect place matter now just a part of your body it's not the whole body <laughs> i hope you are following amen. amen now if there is no divine healing there is no resurrection because resurrection you will get a new body now when you are healed part of that that is okay let me put it this way you see when you go to your doctor and he heals you maybe they give you the doctor doesn't heal But they give you medication so that whatever is in your body, because divine healing is in you, that whatever is in your body will be able to uh, go there. That means they are assisting the process in your body, the process of healing. Now, when you have a pneumonia, when you get healed, there will be a scar. But when it is divine healing, there will be no scar. Because this one is a healing from God. It's perfect. That means we the healing from men is not perfect. That is why when heals you can have a scar there. Remember that time when um, Mida had a cancer. I think it was an ovarian cancer, the prophet prayed. And then they wanted to operate on her. When they wanted to operate on her, when the doctor went there did some tests, after God had healed her, there was not even an evidence. That means there was not even a scar that that cancer had been there. Because why? God had completely healed her. And I can even tell you another story. Remember the story of that lady who was sick. And then he had, she had a cancer. And his, his husband was a preacher. Now, when they were doing an operation, the husband asked to come into the operating theater so that while they were operating on the wife, he will pray. Now he was busy, they were busy there operating, operating, preparing. Remember when we operate, we come and prepare the place, come and prepare the patient, come and put scrubs on the patient so that everything will be sterile. The husband was there in the corner there praying. While the woman had a tumor on the breast, a big tumor on the breast. While the husband was there praying, they were busy preparing. When they took off those lining preparing to operate, the woman's breast was as perfect as it has ever been. Why? Because God listened to the prayer of the husband and a divine healing took place. And then the breast, there was no... You see, when we cut you, there'll be a scar. There was no scar. It was as if the tumor had never been there. Now, what is that? Divine healing. Amen. Now, if there's no divine healing, there's no resurrection. Divine healing is a down payment. is a guarantee. It's a pledge that we'll have a resurrection one day. And our body will be what? Perfected. Amen? If the Holy Spirit is here, that is the earnest of eternal life. <laughs> That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's an earnest of what? that you, Mafagasa. You will have eternal life. It is what? A guarantee. It is a down payment, a pledge. Amen. That's the reason God included divine healing. How you could take it out of the gospel, you can't. The reason Brother Bremo was saying this is because while Brother Bremo was, was busy in time, there were people who didn't de- believe in divine healing. No, they said there was no such a thing. That is why Brother Bremo says, that's the reason God included divine healing. You cannot take it out of the gospel because it is Part and parcel of the gospel. When he was wounded for our transgression, with his stripes, we were healed. The same blood from the same man on the same day, one was for healing, the other one was for what? Salvation. Divine healing was part and parcel of it. Hallelujah. Now we'll have the immortal we'll have a immortal body one day. That means the body that is. That cannot die. Like Brother Abram says, these vile bodies that we have will be changed. We've already read that. And we'll have a body like his own glorified body. The glorified body of what? The Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Abram says, I look forward to that. And as I said, we all look forward to that. Now, you know Paul. Uh, All the scriptures that we read here are from the books that Paul wrote. Now Paul had, in appearance, if you could have look, looked at him, uh, he, he had many trials, many tribulations. He had been in prison, beaten up. He was even in prison. And you know what happens when you're in prison? You are survive on small ratios. So he was even malnourished. You understand? So he did not have a comely appearance. That means he was not handsome. <laughs> he was not somebody that you will desire to ever look at. You understand? Because he was aged. Because of the trials, the infirmities, the tribulation that he had to go through. He was even aged beyond his years. Yes. Because even when God called him, it also inflicted a bit of a pain on him because now, after the peal of fire struck him, he was even partially blind. Now it was not somebody that you want to have a look at it. But one day, he went into a third heaven. He says, I know the man in Christ. I don't know whether in this body or out of this body. But that man went into the heavens. There was Paul there. Now, because of that, remember, you cannot go to heaven in this body. No. This body, you can't. You have to, when you go to heaven, it is a dimension. It's a leap of dimension. There is a part of you that can go there which is your soul, but which is a soul, which is a celestial body, but you, you can't. That body will be st- will stay there. So now, he he, because of that experience of him going into the third heaven, he was not discouraged. In fact, he was even encouraged because he had the evidence of his redempt, of of the redemption of his body. Whatever, that is why he could speak here so boldly. As he was speaking in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, telling you about this body, our estate, the, the, our immortal body and immortal body, because he had an experience of it. You understand? That is why he was not, what he was telling you about, it was not a hearsay. It was not something that he read about. It was actually something that he himself, Paul, had experienced. Now, even when he was looking at his downstricken body, Feeble as it was, he knew that whatever he was talking about here, he had a guarantee of it because he had seen it. Amen. And, uh, and, and that body when it came, it was a glory. It was a what? It was a glorified body, perfect in appearance, handsome. It was Paul at his own at his, in his strength when he's between the age of eighteen and twenty-three. That's what the brother Brian teaches us. Now, that was the body that he took there to go into the heavens. Amen? Now, Paul, what it means is that Paul, and even before I go even there, that body that he had, had what you call a perfect eyesight. He was no longer partially blind there. He was no longer malnourished there. It was a body in perfection. You understand? Now, that is what the complete redemption of our body. Now, Paul, he knew what he was talking about because he had an experience of what he was talking about. Now, because of this, I know another man. I think you all know him. I also know him. This man was also in our age. And also, he had a similar encounter as Paul. One day, he was lying on his bed, just praying because he was supposed to give a sermon now he was very grief-sticking because there was a heaviness around him. That is our, our prophet, William Marion Brennan. There was a heaviness around him. Now while praying, he heard a voice that came into his room while he was praying. And immediately that, that voice kept telling him that he must keep on pressing on. That there is a great reward just ahead. And I can tell you this morning, brethren, when we keep on pressing, even for us, there is a great reward for us. We are not just pressing on for nothing. There is a reward also for us. Even him as discouraged at that time as he was, that voice came. He said when the voice came, he wasn't sure whether the voice was his or was it another person speaking. But that voice, immediately when the voice speaking to him, he says, keep on pressing. And he, they say, do you know what lies ahead? They say, Do you want to see? Then the moment he says there, he said yes, he was translated into another dimension. And now all the saints that were there, where they were in his converts, it was people that he knew, but most of them he did not recognize. You know why? Some of them he, he says they were 90 years old when he, he, he brought them to Christ. But when they were there, it was young women. Young men only, all of them between the age of what 19, 18 to 23. He says his wife, Hope, because remember now, Hope died when she was about 22 years of age. Hope, when she looked at him, was it was the way that she was because that was at her, that was at Hope when Hope died, it was at her strength. That means you as a person. You are at your strength when you are between the age of 19 to 25. Immediately after that, your body starts to fade away. You become old. The fragments start to appear. But his wife was as she was. Amen. Now he says, I want to read this quotation. Amen. I want to read this quotation. Let's read Having Conferences, uh, which was printed in 1960, uh, John um, 8. Amen. Because now hope there was even him, let's see what happened to him. Amen? Yeah. Yes, there we go. And here come men looking like they were. They were, had kind of shaky hair down on their shoulders. And they had the nicest looking people I ever seen. Eyes as sterile, pale white feet. You see? They were throwing their arms around me. Saying our precious brother. One of them even hollered to me at the other and saying, Think, he's arrived. He's arrived at last. They thought he was dead. He had come to join them. And I thought, have I died? I come in into glory. Is this it? And I thought, it couldn't be. And I look, that voice that had spoken to me down in my room, I heard it again. I look back and I see myself lying there on back. I had never had anything like that happen, to, to, to happen. It done something to me. I can never be the same. Even you, because of the this, what the, the, what the prophet is, is telling us, you, after hearing this, you can never be the same. Because you know that there is a promise. And not only is there a promise, there is a fulfillment of that promise. Amen. He says, after that, I can never be the same again. I looked and I thought, what is it? I thought, well, all them people looked young. You see? And I looked down at myself and I was what? Young Young too. Amen. Because when the the prophet went there, he was around 50 years old, almost. Yes, but now he says, I looked young too. His body had been what? He had experienced a body change. Hallelujah. So, He says, I had turned back to a young man again. He says, I can't explain it. There's no word I can think of. If I'd say it it was superb or supreme or perfect, that wouldn't even touch it. There was no tomorrow day. There was no yesterday. They were in eternity. Folks, (laughs) that is what we are looking forward to. To be there in eternity with Him, Amen. And then they never get tired. They never had to eat. Oh my! They yet they had sense. I could feel them. They could speak. They was looking at me. They had senses. Amen. And a a voice and I said, "I don't understand." And a voice said, "This is perfect love. You see, without perfect love, you can never." ever entered there. Amen. Because what is required is what? It is the Holy Spirit. Perfect faith. Perfect love. For you to be part and parcel of those people who are going to be partakers of that promise. Amen. Now, about that time a big bunch of men lifted me up. Took me to a place. Set me up kindy high. Like a stand or something. And here was people. I could not see them. They were just Tens and thousands of people coming everywhere. Everyone young, beautiful, running, hugging me. I said, I don't get this. And just then a beautiful young woman ran up. And she said, oh, my darling brother, we are so happy to see you. Welcome. And she walked away. And I said, praise the Lord, sister. I looked around me. And when I thought, what is this? What is going on? That voice again came and said, in the Bible, where it says Job was gathered with people, just like it likened like unto that, where you will also gather with your people. Who are his people? <laughs> we are part and parcel of those people. Amen. So that, that promise also applies to us. Amen. Now, how do you get this Holy Spirit? Because now we've spoken so many things about it, that this Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. Now, remember now, the Holy Spirit, what happens is that when one um, accepts Christ as his uh, Savior and as his, his Lord, there's a requirement that that person has to go through. We have to go through what we call justification, whereby you will go there and confess God, Jesus Christ, that your Savior. And then after justification, then you'll go there And then uh, have what you call sanctification. Now, sanctification is when you are taken out and cleaned. And uh, as a vessel, you are set up for service. And then after that, you'll have what you call baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, this process, this manifestation, three manifestations, are the processes of one grace. And that grace is what? It is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want us to read another paragraph whereby we will read about Peter now remember if you will read in Luke there was a time when Peter when Jesus Christ told Peter that uh, when you are converted Peter you must strengthen your brethren now you remember now that Peter has been there with Christ he has taken a journey with Christ I mean Christ had called him out of all the people now he was part and parcel of the church because a church is what? is a called out people who has been separated. Peter was part and parcel of those. Peter had been cleaned up. Yes, because Peter, there's no way God could have sent you to go there, maybe cast out demons without you being cleaned. But he says here, when you are converted, Peter, strengthen your brethren. That means the time when you will be converted, you, Peter, you will be the leader of the people to strengthen them. To comfort them, to encourage them, but now at this point in time, you are not converted yet, so you can't strengthen them. Amen. Now let's read the the quotation. uh, Law having question and answers. uh, Law having a shadow. Then we read paragraph twenty-one and then twenty-two, where the, 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 the the prophet explained that. Amen. Okay, here, I think, uh, are we finding it, my brother? All right, you're still looking for it. Or no, here we go. Uh, we'll start with, let's start with uh, paragraph 21, please. Because paragraph 14, we've already explained it. Now, no, now, no, no, uh, we'll start when he says, look, a new birth. He says, look, a new birth. Jesus told Peter, after he would, would being the apostle, all of them, they had been justified by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, as I've said. They have been sanctified through the truth, as I've already alluded to you. He was the truth, and he and had given them what power they went forth to preach the gospel. the the great gifts that was in them was being made temporarily in a shallow way, manifested. But he says, the next time you got to do this, make this thing grow. Then Peter says, Lord, I am willing to go to that and do everything with you. (laughs) But he said to him, Peter, after you are converted, strengthen your brothers. After you are converted, well, Lord, that was Peter now. Answering the Lord. That is Brother Brenham dramatizing now. He says, Lord, I've been baptized. And not only have I been baptized, Jesus Christ baptized Peter. He baptized him and all these other apost- uh, apostles. All right now, he said, Now I've been baptized, but I've done all these things. I've walked by you, I've been saved. You have given me power. You couldn't expect God to put that power in an unclean vessel. That is why we say Peter was also sanctified. Amen. So he had been cleaned up. He cleaned them up, gave them the life of sincerity. Anyhow, before he had let them go out and preach the gospel, he had to do that before he let them go out and preach the gospel. And they returned back rejoicing. Yes, even at that time they returned back rejoicing, saying, well, even the devil is subject to us. But now, here now he says, Peter, after you are are converted, strengthen your brothers. Now, if you read Luke, immediately after the Lord has said those words, the Pharisees with Judas came, arrested uh, arrested Jesus. Now, Peter had just said it. Lord, I I will be with you. I will even die for you. But the Lord had told me, no, Peter, you won't. You will deny me three times before the Amen. crow, the cock can even crow. Yes, there they came, arrested Jesus, they took him away. When they took him away, Peter followed. Remember, he, he had pledged this himself. No, <laughs> I will be with you, even to the end, even unto death. They took him. They were busy the whole night with the Lord. Uh, Make him to suffer. Peter was there by the the side of the the fire and then watching. Now while a mate came and says, you, Brother Chetty, I know you. You are part of those people who are message believers. I've seen you. (laughs) Now Peter will say, Brother Chetty, no, no, no. Me, as Peter, I'm just trying to dramatize you. Me, I know no of such things. I know of no of such people. I've never been a major believer in my life. I know nothing about this message. Now Peter went. That one said, "Okay, it's fine." Now another man came and says, "Ah, man, Peter, you, I've seen you, man. weren't you with that Christ, the one that says he's the King of the Jews?" Peter says, "No." That was the second time. The third time, another one says, "Ah, eh, this one. Remember when Nigeria's daughter was raised?" You were the one leading the people there, you know, scattering them around. I've seen you. I was there in that house. You were with him. Peter said no. Why? He was not yet converted. He, he, he was not yet having power. There was not, he had not yet received the Holy Ghost. He had not yet received a, a comforter. That is why when they said that, fear, when they said that, the fear just came upon Peter. He was afraid. Afraid for his life. Why? Because the spirit of fear and the spirit of cowardice it is not part and parcel of the Holy Ghost. Now, if Peter was converted he could stand up and say no, yes, I've been part of him. But now, the problem was this now. The same Holy Ghost which was supposed to be in him was the same God that we were supposed to sacrifice. Now, Christ was not in Peter then, but was with Peter. Remember, he was the God above us, God with us. Now, in our age, he's supposed to be God in us. That is why he says, when you are, that means your conversion is when the Holy Spirit comes and takes a both in you. Then you can experience what you call the new birth. Amen. Then you, are, you can be what we call regenerated. Your old nature could go away and you receive what we call a new nature in Christ. Now, that process had never, ever, had never, ever occurred to Peter. Now, that is why now, after the Lord was, had died, he had been sacrificed. Peter was a new person. Because now he says? Go to an upper room there and wait for the manifestation of my promise whereby there will be a spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth, that's going to come and indwell you. You'll be enjoyed by power from above. You see, before that, Peter was a weakling. Afraid, weak. But at the time after he was converted, after the Holy Spirit had come into him, he was a new creator. In fact, he could say, stand up. Remember, they were there in the upper room in one accord. When there was a whooshing of a windy sound that came to them, and then they have what looked like a cloven leaves of fire on top of them, that was Pentecost. That was baptism of the Holy Ghost that took place. Now, immediately after that, Peter stood up. You see now that we say now the Holy Spirit is a seal. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. The Holy Spirit is a leader. Now, there was a leader in Peter. Now, there was an advocate. In Remember, an advocate will speak for you. Say, that is why he says, when we are mine people, take not care of what you're going to say. I, the Lord, inside of you will speak for you. You do not have to take heed of the words you're going to say, how you're going to say it, when you're going to say it, but me, the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to come and give you the words. Now, here was Peter, a coward, running away, afraid to die. Now, here he was now, a new person, bold, emboldened, strengthened, because something had taken place in him. There was something now inside of him, something that was greater than the fears that he ever had in the world. Now, even those Pharisees were there, saying, "Eh, why are these people looking like they're drunkards? what's happening? What kind of a wine have you drunken? Now Peter stood up and says, no ways. It is in the early hours of the morning. This is not a new wine. This is as the prophet has said that I will pour my spirit around about all flesh. Your sons and daughters will see vision and your old men will dream it." No! There was Peter now emboldened. There was Peter now strengthened. There was Peter now, 45, because now there was something in him. There was a conversion in him. Now you see now, the Holy Spirit, when it comes in, you become a new creator. Yes. When it comes to you, it emboldens you. When it comes to you, you need not take care of what you're going to say because it is an advocate. It will tell you what to say at the time when you're going to say it. Yes, they say it's a seal. The moment it's in you, you are sealed away from the, you know, the fears, the concerns of this world, the disease of, you are sealed away from that. You are not afraid of that anymore because now in you, there is a life. There is a life of Christ. That is why the the, 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 the word says, I will be, I, I am with the Father and I will be in you. As I was in the Father, I will also be in you. Carrying out my works in you. Amen. Amen. Now here was Peter now. A new creature. Oh, how glorious. Wow. Now, remember then. When Peter was there, when they took Christ, he had a sword. He cut the ear of the shoulder off and then Christ came there and put it back. But now, after Pentecost, Peter had a different kind of sort. He had a sort of the word. Now he was no longer the one yielding that sort. It was the Lord Jesus Christ yielding that sort of the word to the people. He could go there and tell them that you people, if you want to be like us, if you want to have what I I have, you have to repent, confess your sin, and be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is why then Peter was walking there around the gate called Beautiful. He found a man that has been lame for some time. The, um, the man was just asking for donation. And in that gate called Beautiful, how, oxymonor, how how ironic that a person who's lame is sitting in a gate called Beautiful. But that is how it was in the Bible. The man was sitting there. While sitting there, Peter came. He thought maybe Peter was going to give him something because he was hungry. Now they came in, Peter and some of the saints, and he asked, he says, no, I do silver and gold. I do not have, but such as I have. You see now, when you have the Holy Ghost, you have something that you can impart into others. That is why Paul says, you will be able to comfort other people. Why? Because you have a what? A comforter with you. You know, to comfort is the word that you got. Okay, let me say this. So every time the pastor comes here, he comes with a word of comfort, the word of encouragement, the word that he wants you to have. If you have been, been having a rough week, he can come here speak, and then you feel better. You feel comforted. Now, he cannot do that unless he has a comforter in him. That's why he says, I will give you a comforter. He will come and guide you. The spirit of truth that's going to come and speak for you. Amen. Now, when you have that, you can comfort. Now, Peter came, he says, such as I have, I give it unto you. Now, if you are a child of God, you have to have something. Because there is something in you. Something that is best, bigger and greater than the life that we have here. Something that is what? Eternal. Something that is, can impart divine healing onto people. So, no, that man says, But I want, what can you give me? He says, Take your bed and go. Amen. Why remember now? Peter had what you call now perfect faith. He had faith in whatever. He, had to, he was saying, he believed it. Whatever he was saying, he knew it was going to be carried through. And one day, he was in prison. He did not care. Why was he in prison? They were imprisoning him for preaching the same gospel. But when he was in prison, the, the same Holy Ghost to an angel came, took him out of prison. Even one of the disciples, John, he was a man emboldened with it as well. He was a man with the same Holy Ghost. They tried to boil him, trying to, boil him, to to boil him. They say he could not die. Why? Because there was something inside of him, something that they could not boil out of him. It was, there was a Holy Ghost in him, the Holy Ghost of Promise that was prevailing, that was even resisting the oil, a burning oil. They, oh my! They said, "You, John, you are a witch. Send him to what to the island of Patmos. Why?" Because he has something. That means when you have the Holy Spirit, death is a thing of a past. You are not afraid of death. You do not fear death at all. Amen. Now, as we've seen, I was supposed to read my quotation uh, and finish it off. Uh, Let's see. Let's go back a bit. Okay. Yes, I think we've read everything. So there, there was about Peter. Now we, now since you've seen the, the, the operation of the Holy Ghost, the, the Holy Ghost, it is a seal. It is an advocate. It is a sign. It is an eternal life. It is a guarantee of your redemption. Now, those are the attributes of the Holy Now, there's one thing now that I, I, I want us to read. Um, it will read paragraph 24 of the same spoken word. Um, now, this is what, something that I want us to, to listen to what the prophet says about it. He says, now you can be justified without being sanctified. You believe that. Now, you holiness people will agree with that all along. All right. Then when I tell you, you can be sanctified without receiving the Holy Ghost, you Pentecostal people will shout over. You see? Those three manifestations of the, of the process of grace, which is the Holy Spirit, even though it is a process of the same grace, you can have the other and not have one. But you cannot have justification, when you, for you to reach the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you must have justification first and the sanctification of the Holy sanctification, then baptism of the Holy Ghost. But as the prophet says, you can be justified and not be sanctified because it's a process. It is not something that takes place immediately. That is why even when a person has been baptized, that means that person has received uh, Christ as his personal savior. That person will, will take him to the river, baptize him. After we baptize him, we pray for him. For what? For the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because it is a word, It's a process. And uh, sometimes we might pray for him, not for him not to have it. But he has to pray, ask God to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now he says, because... Uh, the, then when I tell you you can be sanctified without receiving the Holy Ghost, you find the course people will shout over that. See, because that's true. It is just another step in the same grace. Now you can be justified without being sanctified. You can be sanctified without receiving the Holy Ghost. I've brought that this week through the Bible. And I could spend almost two years on it, trying to explain it, and never even leave the subject. Because it's what? In the Bible. Now I want us to go up. Uh, now go, go down. Now look my friend. Now, but you cannot have the Father without having the Son. You cannot have the Son without having the Holy Ghost. Because these three are one. Remember, there are three witnesses in heaven. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And they agree. And these three are one. And then we have on the earth we have three witnesses which is the Spirit... Uh, which is the, the water, the blood, and the spirit. And these three agree in in one. Amen. Now, because, even because, of the whole, because the Holy Ghost is part and parcel of what? Of God. When you have the Holy Ghost, as I explained for you to you, you have what you call, you have God in you. In you, in you. So you cannot have what? Jesus Christ in you. Accept Jesus as your personal Savior and not have the Holy Ghost. You, you might not understand, but there is some way I'm, where I'm going. Let's read another quotation, and then we'll, you will see why I'm saying that. Uh, we'll read on the same uh, script, uh, same spoken word, paragraph 29. Yeah, let's read paragraph 29. Now, this is one question that we'll want to answer. Uh, the question is, will you go to, to heaven if you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Now, the prophet will answer and tell us because, remember, the Holy Ghost is essential. It's important. Remember, the Holy Ghost is what? It's a pledge. It's a guarantee. It's a down payment for you to reach to go what? to go to heaven. Now, will you be able to go to heaven Without having the baptism of the Holy Ghost, now let's hear what the prophet says. He says, "Now, now in that in, in in this year, remember that when you are justified by faith, I hope that explains it. Now, you are a Christian, right? Then, now let's stop there, because there, is there something that we call one set of a Christian, a quarter of a Christian, half a Christian?" No, if you are a Christian, you are a Christian. If you are a child of God, there is no half-child of God. Remember, these three manifestations are three. is what? Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mara, The whole thing is a process of the same grace, which is what? The Holy Spirit. Now he says, I hope that explains it. Now, you are a Christian right then. When you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you are a Christian at that time that's right. I believe you will die right then when you have accepted Jesus as Savior. I believe you would be saved. You might not have had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you would be saved. And he says, that is what the dying thief did on the cross. Now, remember the dying thief. There was one thief on either end of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the other one is asked Jesus to remember him when he goes to his kingdom, into paradise. And Jesus said to that thief, at this moment, when we leave this, earth, you shall be with me in paradise. Now, was this thief baptized? No. Did he receive justification? Did he receive sanctification? Did he receive baptism of the Holy Ghost? No. He was with God, Christ himself, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ, which is God, told him that he was going to be baptized. That is why now it brings me to the concept of predestination. Yes, you are predestinated to be sons and daughters of God. Now, being predestinated. Now, if you come here and say, I want to be baptized, we don't know what's going to happen, because sometimes we might say, we won't be able to, to baptize you today. Mara. If that's the case, it does not mean that if you come here and die today, while you've accepted Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven. No. What about the child who has never done anything wrong? Who has never been baptized? What about them? You understand? So that is why the prophet says here, says, that is what the scripture says. And he said, he that heard my word and believed on him that sent me, has what? Everlasting life. Because you are believing in what? In the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now he says, Now, now, I can't judge whether you are or not. God knows whether you are or not. Because God can see your heart. God saw the heart of that thief on the cross. And seeing the heart of that thief on the cross, he told him that when this day is over, I will be with you in paradise. Now, now, I wasn't, I wasn't sent or no, man, no other men to judge, sent to judge. We were only sent to preach. Now, you are a Christian when you accept Jesus. When the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to you, your sins, which are your habits filled of this world that you wallowed, that you wallowed in, is gone from you. Smoking, drinking, gambling, all these unclean things leave you by sanctification. And then the Holy Spirit comes in, anoints you, and puts you in service to do something for Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, to balance this quotation, Amen. We always must have a balance. I want us to read another quotation. Um, uh, what was the Holy Ghost? What was the Holy Spirit giving for? Which was preached in 1959 1217. Remember, we say even if you don't go through the processes you can be you can go to heaven but now listen to what the prophet says here now we'll read paragraph 150 uh, if you can just go down uh, a bit brother yes yeah now look now look one closing remark now and remember then it is absolutely now to you people you it is absolutely essential and necessary and compelling, <laughs> compulsory, amen, that you receive the Holy Ghost now. For if you don't, you can come into the resurrection. You see now, there is a double of it. Now you cannot come here on your own and decide not to have it. Because if you decide not to have it, you will not be part and parcel of the second resurrection. But if it happens another way that you can have it unintentionally, that is why we say you as a child of God, you cannot sin intentionally. Because now the moment you sin intentionally, that grace of God leaves you. Now even here, you cannot intentionally ignore to go through these three manifestations of grace. Because it is what is given to you, a believer. You understand? But if it happens and you are a child of God, no, you are in. But you cannot say, I'm not gonna do it because I'm gonna be in any way. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen that way. There is a prophet. He says, For if you don't, you can't come in the resurrection. Now watch. God cannot break his laws. We know that. He, God himself, follows this law. You also must follow the same laws. Amen. Now, we're going to go into another partner. So we've gone through this, uh, gone through Peter. Now, one thing that I want us to answer now is, what is the purpose of the Holy Ghost? We've we've seen that it is a pledge but is there any other purpose of the Holy Ghost to a believer? Is there any purpose? Yes, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Now we can read uh, what was the Holy Ghost given for? The same spoken word we've opened now and then we will read paragraph 19. What was the Holy Ghost given for? We've read paragraph 150. Now I want us to read paragraph 19 so that we know what is the purpose to you? Why are you supposed to have it? You a believer. We know what you can do that it is a what? It is a pledge is a guarantee. But in you, we've seen what it did with Peter. Now, why are you supposed to have it? Now, the prophet's speaking here. The purpose. What was God's purpose in sending the Holy Spirit? Now, I will mark down John 14. Beginning at the 14th verse. And reading down through the chapters for the basis. Now he comes and says, God's purpose we found here in sending the holy ghost was for one purpose amen that god himself might dwell in his church and continue remember god jesus christ started it the process started preaching the gospel started everything now god wanted himself in you to continue the same plans that he has for his church in you. Remember now, that means you as a believer, you become an extension of God. Yes, that means if God wants to do something, you, you are the vessel. You, you are a person that he has to do that through. You are becoming what? An extension, you are because you are what? Part and parcel of God. A person needs healing, Brahma Fagaza is there. A person needs preaching evangelism, brother Chet is there. A person needs counseling, brother, what is there? Because why? You have become part and parcel of God. Because God has a plan for his church. The work of the church must carry on. But carry by who? God himself through you. Amen. Now, that is why they, they say the spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot hang in a tree. <laughs> no. It needs somebody to use. Even the devil cannot hang in a tree. He needs a body. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself needs a body. Yes. That is why you, you need a preacher to speak. God cannot come here through an angel or through... <laughs> Or through thunder and lightning like he did with Mount Sinai. Remember, there was a time with the children of Israel when Moses had taken them out. They were there on the mount, holy mount. They said, no, Moses, you man, you take too much upon yourself. No, We ourselves also, (laughs) we want to speak to this God. We want to hear him speak. Now the Bible says, he told them, no, Moses is okay. Tell these people to sanctify themselves. To clean themselves, make sure they abstain from some of the things that they are doing. Come to the mountain. Now, when the Lord came, there was thunder. There was lightning. There was an earthquake. The mountain was trembling. The people were afraid. Why? Because they wanted to hear God. When he came in his manifestation. they couldn't handle it. That's why they said, Moses, please as from now, you tell us, we will do. Because we cannot handle this God. When we are there, speak, when he was about to speak to us, we thought he was going to kill us. Yes, we are going to, go, we are going to die because God is a big... God is big. If he can come here, he cannot handle it. That is why he will come, make him so small and speak through a man. You need a person. That is why the people's For God sending the Holy Spirit was for you to be able to come in you so that he can carry on his process. Amen. Amen. Now, when we read uh, the same spoken word, uh, uh, let me see. Now, this God, that is God was in Christ, continuing his plans through Christ. Out of Christ, God went into the church, continuing his work in the church, through the church. We know what the Holy Spirit is. We found out last night. And when we think of God, the Father, as Jesus spoke here, Father, Son, as Jesus, God, and and God, the Holy Ghost, we call it today. We, I think this one, um, let me see here. Yeah, no, It's fine. We will just leave it there. Now, God was continuing His work in what? In Christ. Now, He wants to continue His work in you. Now, remember, when God was in Christ, He came there and the fullness. That is why we say Christ was the manifestation of, of the Godhead, or of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means God was in, Christ, in Jesus Christ. Bodily. He had already, the, the word teaches us the God. Put himself into Christ. Now, in our day, God has put himself into you, the church. Yes, you have a pit and a portion of him. You are not like Jesus Christ. who are the full manifestation of God. But you have a part and parcel which is a little bit of God in you. That is why we say people, when the, the church unites, then there is power. Because all of God come together in the church. And then God becomes manifest. That is why brethren, it is important to come to church. Because in church, that is where the manifestation, the fullness of God is. The fullness of God is not in you as it was in Christ. You have part of it. But for God to manifest himself, you need to come here. Because God put himself into the church. The word, the spoken word says, not individually, but individually into the entire body. Oh, I, think, I think it, it explains itself. You are the body of Christ. All of you, you are the body of Christ. Now that is why God put himself into the church, which is the body of Christ. Now, together in unity, then we have what? Power. And then nothing can stand behind before us. Amen. I'm looking at the time. I think we still have a few minutes left. Um, Now, there's something that I want us to discuss. Um, Now, we've told you that the Holy Ghost is a guide. Now, being a guide, it means that the the Holy Ghost is the one leading you. Amen? Is that right? Are we led by the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yes, the Holy Ghost... Is the one leading us. Amen. So I want us to take a, another quotation, uh, God revealing himself, uh, which was pre- preached in 1950, uh, August the 13th uh, evening. That was the evening service. God revealing himself. Now we want to see how God, just take an example for us for a few minutes, take an example to show how God leads us through the Holy Ghost. Uh, We'll read paragraph 3. Now, this is the story of Moses. Moses um, and the children of God, after they came out of Egypt, they came through the Red Sea now the children of God and Moses were stuck on the shores of the Red Sea now the Bible tells us even the prophet tells us that on both mountain sides there was a mountain on both sides and then they were being pursued remember after the, 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 the last um, plague hit the Egyptians after the death of their firstborn after the, the, the children of Israel had uh, passed over and then, uh, whereby there was a blood anointed on their doors as a token, whereby the, the angel of death had to pass them and then it went there to kill all the other Egyptian children who were there, who didn't have a token. You see, now, you need to have a token. That lamp that was slain there, they say it was a lamp without blemish, it was a lamp that was pure. That lamp represented the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why, when it was there, the father, when he took it, he took the blood and smeared it across the door, doorpost of their house. And then there they had a communion, had a Passover there. And then the angel of death, when he came there, well, you know there's a song that says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Even this morning, I can tell you that you still need the same blood. Uh, my brother, it is God revealing himself. Uh, we will read paragraph three. It is when God sees the blood, he will pass over you. Now, after that process, Pharaoh released them. But remember, the word tells us that God had hardened Pharaoh's heart. He had made it hard to the extent that even after he had released them, he pursued them. He says, man, may I make a mistake? These people, first of all, they came. They punished us. They gave us fleas, gave us boils. Now, all of a sudden, our sons, you know, it was not only sons. Every creature, the firstborn of it, a cow, a hen in Egypt, died on that day. Now, he came to his mind, evil mind, I can say, Pharaoh, after they've left, and say, no, you cannot kill all our firstborns, our children, and we let them go. Now he pursued. Pursuing them, they came across the Red Sea. But the, 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 the children of Israel, Israel had a head start. You know, in life, God always, as his child, will give you a head start. <laughs> yes, he will give you a head start. If the enemies are pursuing them, you, he will give you a head start. Even the children of Israel had a head start. When the Egyptians pursued, they were already far off. But now, when they came, they came across the... the they came across the, um, the, 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 the sea, of uh, the, the, the Red Sea. Now, it was at the time when, I think it was around spring, when the, 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 the sea was bellowing. It was at its utmost. There were waves. It was full. Now, imagine, you can even ask yourself, why would God do that? That at a time when the tide is high, when the waves are bellowing, he will let his children go when they are supposed to pass by the same river. Amen. It's because as a child of God, God will always put you through a trial. Because when he puts you through a trial, it is not going to be you going through the trial. It's going to be him leading you through the trial. That is why when you look at the same storm through the hands of time, when you look at it, the person at the most uh, troublesome time of his life, he could only see two steps. And he asked, Lord, but when I look at the trail of my life, at that time when it was tough, I could only see myself walking. Where were you? And the Lord says, it was me carrying you. It was not you going through that trial. It was me, the Lord Jesus Christ, carrying you through them. (laughs) It seems the brother can't find the, the spoken word. Maybe I'll just read. Amen. Now, when they get there, there they was. It was the Red Sea bellowing the waves at their height. Then there was the G- Egyptian chariots pursuing spears up in the air. There were the children of Israel there. Now let's hear what the prophet says. Uh, the spoken word is uh, God revealing himself to his people. Uh, it's preaching 1950, August the 13th, the evening service. It says... And today, it's likewise, Father. That is the prophet praying now, opening the saviors. He says, we can't seem to realize that the Holy Spirit is our leader. You see, that is the problem with us today. That we don't seem to realize that the whole thing that we are going through, it is not us leading ourselves. The Holy Ghost, Christ through the Holy Ghost, is the one leading us. Come to us and lead us. And appear to him. Now appear to him in a flame of fire. And then, uh, an angel that went before him. That was the one that was upon the rod. You see that angel? Was the one that was upon the rod That smote the land. That opened the Red Sea. That hung over like a pillar of fire. That guided them. You see? That led them. The angel of the Lord. The Holy Spirit was the one even guiding the children of Israel in that road. It was in that road. It was in the pillar of cloud by day. It was in the pillar of fire by night. But it was the lead, leader. Now, when the, the Egyptians came pursuing, the children of Israel came and cried. You know, normally the way they used to is that when there was a trial or maybe some com- thing, they will send a representative to go there, chite, argue with Moses, you know, complain. at this time, brother, there was no time to complain. There was a Red sea in front of them. There was the Egyptian pursuing. Now, instead of complaining, they cried out to Moses. Now Moses looking as well, he cried out to the Lord. Now, when he cried out to the Lord, the Lord looked at him. <laughs> because why? The Lord had given him something. He had given him the rod. Abraham the says, that rod, not only was it the rod of Aaron, the rod of Moses, it was the rod of God. It was God's judgment rod. Now, when they cried there, Moses says, that God told Moses, what have I given you? Even this morning, when you are complaining, going through trial, Just look inside of yourself and ask, what is it that God has given you? He says, I have come. The purpose was for me to come and be with you so that we will have a power from above. You will be enjoyed with power from above so that if there's a problem, you can speak. You can speak the word. And then something must take place. Amen. Now, God spoke to Moses and said, what have I given you? Now, when Moses says the rod, he says, Point it to the river, because now that road was, was supposed to be the thing that was going to lead them, lead them through the Red Sea. Now that road, it has a track record. I can tell you this morning that God also has a track record. God also there are many things if we can go through the Bible that can show us that God had, be, had done this. He has done whatever he said he would do, whatever promises he said he would do, he had kept. When there was trouble, he had always been present. Now that rod had a track record. There was a time when in Egypt Moses put it down and it became a snake. Then it came and devoured all the snakes of the Egyptian. You see, it was a rod that had power in it. There was a time when Moses could point it to the sky and the fleas will come upon the Egyptian. That rod had a track record about it. There was a time when Moses could come there, point the rivers with that rock, and the rivers will turn into blood. It had a track record. Now, what is the problem with us? The problem with us people is that sometimes we do forget. We do forget what God has done in this Bible, which is a track record that we're supposed to be there holding on to. Holding on to what? The weight. Because the weight is supposed to be the one that's going to lead us through. Now, when they were there... Moses was supposed to point onto that. And on pointing there, the rivers part. You see, even today I can tell you that as long as you have the leadership of the, 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 the Holy Ghost, whatever travel you're going through, just point. You know? There's a time when you have to do the pointing yourself. Because there is something inside of you. There is a time when you have to come and be the leader. Because there is a leader in you. There is a time when you get to do the speaking because there is an advocate in you. Now, at that time, Moses had forgotten. Remember, it was God with, above them. It was not God in them. So you are better off this morning because it is not God above them. It is not God with with them. It is God in you. Amen. He is the one that is leading you through. So whatever trial, whatever tribulation you can go through, you must be rest assured that he will get through. through. <laughs> I have so many notes still left here, but uh, I, will, I will pass them. Then I want us to read one quotation, then we will close because it's already time. Amen. I want us to get perfect faith and I will root paragraph 51 in conclusion. Remember we said what? The Holy Spirit was what? And, and it was the part of the inheritance that were pledged by the Holy Spirit, part and parcel of that was perfect faith. Perfect love. Now we'll read perfect page, paragraph 51. Then from there we can close. Now we see at first, you see, even you before you receive the Holy Ghost, at first you didn't have the perfect faith. They didn't have it because they they'd had Christ walking with him, but then afterwards, Christ was in them. That means then afterwards Christ is in you. Amen. And so you see, it's hard for them to have this perfect faith without the Holy Spirit. That is why we say you need the Holy Spirit to have perfect faith. It has to bring it. It does. Now you see, the disciples didn't have the perfect faith. No. Because they had what? An epileptic child that they could not heal. You understand? But you, but the moment Peter had it, he could say, such as I have, I give unto you. Now even you, as a church, you are required to have what? That perfect faith. But for you to have that perfect faith, you need to have what? The Holy Spirit of promise. It is a promise, folks. It is promised to you. Yes. Amen. And then we'll read the last quotation and close. Also on perfect faith, we will go to paragraph 115, then we'll close. Uh, 114, I'm sorry. 114. Now, and so, when a man lives by faith and walks by faith, and not just faith, but I mean substance faith, he is isolated from the entire world. You understand? He becomes a new creature in Christ. There is now, there now, you are getting into what? A bright material. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, You are getting into a rapturing condition. Isn't that what we yearn for today? To be able to get into that rapturing condition. You, that means for each and every one of us, not just the pastor. Amen. This Holy Spirit, it is not only for the pastor. This Holy Spirit, it is not only for the deacons. This Holy Spirit, it is not only for the trustees. It is for each and every one of us. That means for the laity as well. You individually walk in a world with God alone. That is why he came into you, specifically, so that he will lead you in this world alone with you. That is why we say this message is about individuals. You as an individual. Now he says, you are baptized into this kingdom, his kingdom, and there is nobody in there but you and God. He gives the orders. yes. And you pack them out because now when he only gives the orders. He has given you authority. He has given you power. He has given you strength to carry out those orders. Now he tells you, my child, there is a person who is sick there. You go there and pray for that person, and that person becomes ill. He gives the orders. You pack them out because you have what perfect faith in you. Now whatever he says, there is no shadow of doubt. No way. You walk right on. If the Lord says this, there is nobody in the world can talk you out of it. You go right on just the same. It does not matter what the devil says. You have the perfect faith in you. You have the guarantee that God is in with you. That is why even it does not matter what happens. Whatever God tells you to do, you go and you do it. Amen. And he says, now you are coming into perfect faith. Perfect perfection that cannot fail. That faith never fails. Yes, he was a mystic to them with his perfect faith. And you, this morning, he saw it is now with those who have perfect faith. You are a mystic to others. May God bless the reading of his word as we stand up. Amen. Maybe God one day will come and, and uh, will continue with the same message. Because there are so many things we, I wanted to go through. Because one of the things, you'll find that one of the tactics that the devil do is for you to re- forget about this faith, this grace that he has given you. And, and uh, that is the tactic that God does to come and begale you, to come and take you out of the way. That is one stumbling block that the Lord comes and do you. Gives, uh, that, the, uh, the that the devil put unto you. And then uh, there is a quotation I wanted to, to read because the bram bride- says the greatest stumbling block that you will have when you have to go carry God's work, it won't be your deacon, it won't be the pastor, it won't be your friends. The greatest stumbling block will be yourself. Exactly. Hallelujah. Because you yourself you are the one that stands on, uh, uh, you that, uh, that prevents God to carry his job, works in you. Now, if you can get over yourselves, get there and believe yourself. Get there and believe in the word that God has given you. Not say, I, remember, there were so many eyes that people say, I, I am this, I am that, I cannot do that. Even the devil did the same thing when, he, when there was a fall. You should go there and forsake all those eyes and say God. Point towards Him. We say God in me. He's the Word. He's the hope of glory. God in me is the one that's going to carry the works that He said He will do in me, through me. Amen. May we sing our song. Amen. Just a worshiping song. Amen.
1: Keep me true, Lord Jesus. Keep me true. Keep, keep me true, Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus.
0: And I will go through that race without tiring. I will go through that race without even looking back because he will be my guide. Amen. Can we sing another one? And as we sing that one, Brother Moreira can just come and close the church of the Lord in prayer. Remember, folks, one of the greatest things that God wanted to have was to have preeminence in you. That means he wanted to have a first place in your life. Now, if he has preeminence in you, and he's the first in your life. Just watch what, that will happen, what will happen to you. There will be a change in your life. That is the only thing that you must do. Then you will see something. That is why you must what? Disregard yourself. That is why I say the great enemy to yourself is yourself. The greatest enemy to me is myself. Now I must get rid of myself. Let God have preeminence. Let him have first place in my life. Then something's going to happen. The devil is going to see something. Amen. Can we just sing this song? And then from there, our precious brother will come and thank the Lord for for this service. Amen.
2: Heavenly Father, and give off every good gift and give off eternal life. Amen, Lord. Father, this afternoon we come before thee, Lord, Mm. with thankful hearts, Lord, that you could bring us into such a presence, Lord.
3: Hallelujah.
2: And what a precise song that has been sung in the closure of a service, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. That you should reign Mm. as a king reign in our hearts Hallelujah. reign in our mortalities Lord with this hope that we have that one day this mortality shall be changed to immortality Hallelujah. the spirit that dwelleth in us Lord will one day indeed change us mm. and translate us into the spheres of eternity Hallelujah. Father, we begin to know and understand what it was that Adam had in the mm. beginning. Hallelujah. We now know what made him an amateur God. For indeed, Father, throughout the ages, Lord, when in every instance of time when you met with men, you gave them of your spirit. Hallelujah. We can think of Moses, Lord, how you spoke to him and commissioned him. The encounter that you had. Father, all the information he had about life. All the technology that he had from Egypt could not matter in your presence, Lord.
3: Hallelujah.
2: Whatever he had in his hand was enough. Because you are giving him yourself, Lord. You gave him that which meant him to be a god. Mm. And it was an instruction you gave him, Lord, that from this day forth, you are a god to Pharaoh and all Egypt. Even when he met the Red Sea, Lord, Mm. and he was crying as a man, Mm. it should have been that you should have come down. Mm. And to say that Moses have heard your cry. Mm. Stand aside, let me fight the battle for you. But the prophet told us in the message, why Christ speak? Mm. That you reminded Moses that he was on the same platform as you. And you said, why Christ speak? It was in the expectation of the people, in the expectation of Moses, after that Mm. he had prayed, waiting for thy salvation, Lord. Hallelujah. That he wanted God to speak and say something. Mm. But you reminded him that you were using his mouth. Hallelujah. For he was a God indeed to Pharaoh. Yes, Lord. We cannot even forget about David. Mm. The time he slew a Goliath, something had taken place in him. There was a transfer of power. Mm. How that the Spirit of God left Saul. And anointed David. Mm. We cannot wait, even to think, Almighty God, about Peter and the rest of the apostles. Hallelujah. And the church, how it started, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every time you had an encounter with men, you are giving yourself. Hallelujah. The Bible has given us a reputation of what God is doing Mm. when He wants men to become God when he wants people to become sons and daughters of God. Even, Lord, it is written in the Scriptures, Lord, mm. that to them that believed, he gave them power. Hallelujah. You did not give us any other extra equipment, Lord. Mm. You did not give us, Almighty God, any other mechanism, Lord. Hallelujah. You gave us power yes, to Lord. become sons and daughters of God. Alleluia. And we are here this afternoon to testify, Heavenly Father. Mm. We are sons and daughters of God because something has descended from heaven. Mm. Something came and took an dwelling in of our hearts. Our souls are in the possession of Him that purchased us on Calvary. Mm. We can declare this afternoon we are sons and daughters of God.
3: Amen, Lord.
2: Father, we know that tongues of fire fell upon them. Mm. They were hiding all this time. They were afraid of Herod and his soldiers. Alleluia. They were afraid even to testify in the streets. But when the tongues of fire fell upon them, mm. they could say, men and brethren, this is that which was written of the scriptures. Mm. And it has been fulfilled. Not all flesh will be the flesh that will receive this blessing. Mm. But all flesh that do believe, who receive of the promise, Lord. Hallelujah. May it be so this afternoon. You have your people gathered, Lord, in diverse places. Mm-hmm. You have your children, dear God, gathered, almighty God, in different nations. My prayer this afternoon would be that the tongues of fire may fall upon them.
3: Hallelujah.
2: As when they gather, Lord, may it be like what the prophets say to us. That when we leave our homes coming to church, each brother brings a leak of, mm. yes. mm. of fire that is in him. A sister brings a leak of fire that is in him. When we gather together, we mm. make that big ball of fire. Hallelujah. How it was yes. explained to us that that of fire mm. broke itself to become us. Hallelujah. Yes. May our bodies indeed, Lord, be living temples. Yes, Lord. May we be the tablets that every man can read. May the Holy Ghost ride upon us and use us in the very best way possible. Mm. At our workplaces, in our homes, in the cities where we dwell in, Mm. may Christ be known through this, our feeble life.
3: Hallelujah.
2: I pray this afternoon, Lord, for a pastor who is in Deben, Father.
3: Hallelujah.
2: And I have this hope and this faith mm. and this belief that the Holy Ghost is in their midst. Hallelujah. Ministering to the needs of the children of God. Yes, Lord. Giving us what is <coughs> necessary for the time that we are living in. Mm. Father, I bring before you all the challenges mm. that your children might have been having. It has been ordained upon our lips to speak. and to say the things that we want Mm. and the things that we desire and it shall be performed almighty god may it be so there be some that will take it upon their hearts to believe Mm. when they go back home and if ever they will find something that is not fit lord not fit in their faith Mm. that they might partake of it may it be ordained upon their lips to speak As you said to Moses, speak and go forth. Hallelujah. May you ordain us to speak and go forth.
3: Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes. I thank
2: you this afternoon to bring us to this platform. Mm. I thank you this afternoon, Lord, to make us amateur God.
3: Yes, Lord.
2: And to give us the information to know that this is what we have done even in this end time.
3: Hallelujah.
2: Lord, we had in all the generations that they spoke that the Holy Ghost fell. The mm. Holy Ghost fell. Mm. They saw how it fell. We were never there with them. Mm. But we have got pictures of the pillar of fire, the very thing that Ah, fell. We have pictures, Almighty God. Mm. We cannot just delight in seeing the pillar of cloud.
3: Ah, We cannot
2: just delight in seeing the picture of a pillar of fire. Mm. Neither can we delight in seeing the picture of your prophet. We delight in having that pillar of fire in us.
0: Hallelujah. Yes. That we can
2: testify Amen. and say, that indeed, that which the prophet brought to us is of a truth. Yes, Lord. The word of God. Make it be in motion. Mm. Let it be fulfilled in this day. And let it be ordained, O oh God, that Father, we may reflect that very Christ. Yes, Lord. Father, I commit brother Solomon in your precious hands Amen, Lord. May you continue to reveal yourself in him. Yes, Lord. May you continue, mighty to God, to guide him in this.
3: Seminary. Amen, Lord.
2: And I commit every minister and every preacher of the gospel. Yes, Lord. Almighty God, the great and the least, Almighty Father. Mm. May they be remembered, O God, in your presence. That Almighty God, the Holy Ghost, may teach them and to lead them and to guide them. And when they come on the podium, Father, they bring such yes. great news. Yes, that we may go back home and say we have never had such. And it has never been on this fashion. Mm. And we will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Let our visitation to church change us yes, Lord. and bring us closer to the rapture in faith. Mm. I pray, Father, as I commit every heart in this room, every heart and every soul. May we be blessed in thy presence,
0: Lord. Yes, Lord.
2: In the name of our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Oh, Oh God bless you, saints. Amen. I uh, have a blessed week and I have a victorious week. Yes, can brother Mito comes and then it us with two songs. Amen. Or oh, you can come forward, my brother.
1: Oh, God bless you. <laughs> I <speaking in foreign> am <language> <speaking in foreign language> And let us just sing one more song and you are dismissed. And the way Morena, it's a city, Morena, it's a toy out. And then, a poor and 이 제토 아시웨 오네나 리제토 나 우츠와 오네나 Total togeron,